for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz pod. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by... My fellow co-host, Jaden Kozak. How you doing, bro? Good. I'm uh, nauseous, like we've talked about. So, yep. You had some nasty tacos. <laughs> I did have some nasty tacos. So, I'm uh, if you, thugging it out with the Gatorade. If you take anything from this podcast, don't eat, like, halfway don't, cold, yeah, halfway don't, warm. Don't eat tacos after, like, the point where, like, I don't know, probably 15 to 20 minutes after they've been like hot because they're not cold to the point where you're like, wow, these are really cold and I need to put these in the microwave, but they're cold enough to the point where the grease has congealed around the taco meat. So now you're (laughs) eating like all of the grease from the pan, which is absolutely disgusting and will ruin your stomach. Yeah, you just created a great picture for everybody listening. And if you're still listening... The taco button. Welcome in. Anyway, good stuff. I'm sorry that you your tummy is not feeling well. Mitchell, how's your tummy feeling, dude? It's feeling good. Got me a little nauseous after the mic issues, but I'm battling through. There we go. There we go. Mitchell had to transition over to his phone for Zoom because his podcast mic was giving him trouble. And it's funny because it's the same podcast mic that I use. So I'm, I've been expecting for this thing to like fail and die for like a long time now, but it has the same, the same podcast that I bought when we started this almost a year ago and never worked with my laptop. We never used it. The first two or three episodes were done in person with me and Kane where we just recorded off of the mic that he was using on his laptop. And then I ended up giving it to Mitchell. So then that way he could be a part of the pot. Yes. And it's been working so far so good until today, but we will make it work with Mitchell on the phone. All right. Well, now that we gotten through the microphone and the taco talk, let's dive into some football, shall we? Huh? We are a football podcast after all, I guess, but As always, we are recording this right after the Thursday night football game. And I was really, uh, I was kind of excited for this game. But, and I know Colts Jets, not really that much of a sexy matchup, but I was really looking forward to seeing what Mike White would do. But we got disappointed. So let's dive into it. So the Colts end up routing the Jets 45 to 30. And the initial takeaways from this game, Mike White, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of anticipation coming into this game at how he's going to play because he put up 400 yards in his passing debut last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. He is one of two quarterbacks to ever do that in his debut, joining Cam Newton. And the most completed passes ever for a quarterback in his first start. So a lot of anticipation for Mike White. But he ends up exiting this game in the first quarter with a wrist injury. Uh, It was questionable whether or not he was going to return. He was in the injury tent. Uh, Mitchell, what do you got on this, man? Uh, It looked like he just kind of collided 
on a throw following through. Maybe worst case scenario, he may have a fracture in there. That is probably the worst case scenario for that. Bone bruise, based on the fact that he didn't come back, it might be a bone bruise or a fracture, but hopefully he'll come back because Josh Johnson does not seem like a long-term solution. Agreed, agreed. Josh Johnson did play pretty well in this game, though. He went 27 for 41, 317 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. But like Mitchell said, the stats don't really tell the whole story. He was coming from behind the entire time by a lot, and he just kind of had to throw the ball consistently. But, you know, he put some some decent numbers, but definitely not Mike White, man. Mike fucking White, Mr. Big Deal. I'm sad that we didn't get to see Mike White in this game. I was super excited, but, you know, it is what it is. Let's move on to the other takeaways from this game. And obviously the Colts absolutely dominated in this one, and especially in the ground game. They had 260 total rushing yards. Jonathan Taylor continues to ball out. He had 19 carries, 172 yards, and two touchdowns. He's second in rushing yards behind Mr. Derrick Henry. And in case you didn't know, Derrick Henry does not look like he's going to come back this year. So, guys, I want to toss it to you. You think Jonathan Taylor is running away with the rushing title this year? Mitchell? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's no one that quite gets the volume like JT gets that's left that can actually produce the way he does. And Derrick Henry had a pretty solid lead going into this game. But I... I've got a feeling he might not be getting many more yards coming up. So it should be a runaway for JT, I think. Yeah, good stuff, Jade. Yeah, I mean, health provided, which is not a guarantee for any running back at this point. I mean, we could end up seeing a Leonard Fournette rushing title with all the injuries that we've got going on right now. It's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, he, like Mitchell was saying, he really does get the volume um, and he's he's just a horse, man. He just goes. They yeah. had no answers tonight at all for any of the running backs. No. Naheem Hines had, like, somewhere around 70 yards, and he had a super long touchdown run. Uh, they just had no answer on the ground. But, I mean, I don't think a lot of teams have a lot of answers for especially Jonathan Taylor right now. I agree with you guys. And not to mention, he is in his sophomore season. So – a lot of hope going forward for Jonathan Taylor. Definitely one of the best running backs in the league going forward. Um, next thing I want to dive into, and the last thing in this uneventful game, I guess you could say, is Carson Wentz and the Michael Pittman connection continues in this one. Carson Wentz, after a really, really bad performance against Tennessee last week, uh, he bounces back. 22 for 30, awfully efficient, 272 yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. But Michael Pittman helped out a lot with this. Five catches, 64 yards and a touchdown. So I think we can start to put Michael Pittman into that wide receiver one category, honestly. I mean, he's got a touchdown in the last like five games, I believe. I don't have it in front of me, but I think we can start to put him in the wide receiver one category. We've been talking about him a lot on the pod. I'm a Michael Pittman fan myself. So yeah, love to see it. Love to see it. All right. Well, that does it for that dismal. Oh, just threw it out there. Love to do it. Uh, that does it for that dismal Thursday night football matchup. But what a 
week for the NFL as far as news goes. Absolutely insane. We had the trade deadline, which was not the surprisingly was not the yeah it was a stinker Jaden just put his thumbs down I mean it was not the story of the week but we had plenty of other stories this week and I'll dive into some of them here and we'll dive into some of them when we get into our headliner games but I'll start with like I said quiet trade deadline Jaden I'll start with you what was the biggest surprise on deadline day as far as who didn't get dealt uh I really thought like I because we had the podcast episode with Mitchell on Monday that came out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Where I said Melvin Ingram was going to get traded and I said he probably won't be to the Chiefs. And lo and behold, it was to the Chiefs. Uh, I ended up cutting that out for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll cut that again. Uh, Right. Uh, But I did. I really thought Allen Robinson was gone. I, I just think, you know, the Bears are clearly not going to win now because this was a team that if they were going to win now, it was going to be their defense would carry Justin Fields until he figures it out. And the defense hasn't been good either. And Justin Fields doesn't like to throw Allen Robinson the ball for whatever reason. I've kind of thought about this and uh, I heard something and put it really elegantly um, <laughs> that uh, rookie – quarterbacks really like a separator as opposed to like a go up and get it guy because you want to see somebody that's already open versus somebody that you got to throw open and Allen Robinson you got to throw open versus Darnell Mooney you he can get the space himself which makes a lot of sense but and you know obviously there's been talk about him being moved for forever he's on the franchise tag I just I thought that would have been a no-brainer for them to move him but yeah yeah I don't know why he wasn't dealt, but that that's a good point about Allen Robinson, you know, and rookie quarterbacks. I didn't never thought about it like that. Like Allen Robinson is that physical receiver that goes up and gets it. And you want guys that can get open like Darnell Mooney. That makes a lot of sense. Mitchell, what was your biggest surprise on deadline day? On the actual day was that Odell didn't move, but uh, <laughs> that might be happening for free now based <laughs> yeah. on the reports coming out. So I was – I was surprised they didn't finish anything up, but he, he's not going to be there much longer. <laughs> yep. Yep. We will get into it when we get into the Browns game for sure. But OBJ not getting dealt, huge surprise. Allen Robinson not getting dealt, huge surprise. Uh, we did have the Von Miller trade the day before, which was kind of fun. But besides that, really quiet on trade deadline day, unfortunately. And the next piece of news that I have is kind of sad. You know, it's not the uh, the most bright podcast topic that we've had but got to bring it up because obviously it's big news um Henry Ruggs was arrested and released from the Raiders this week uh he crashed his Corvette going 156 miles per hour around 3 a.m in Vegas uh what day was this this was Tuesday morning Tuesday morning yeah on Tuesday morning and he hit another car and that resulted in the death of the other driver um, his blood alcohol content was two times the legal limit, and he ended up going to the hospital, tre- being treated for some minor injuries, and then he was charged with DUI, resulting in death, and now faces two to 20 years in prison. But, I mean, there's no point to really dive into this too much. I mean, obviously, really sad situation for Vegas, for the victims, and for everybody involved. But I really like to see what Derek Carr said 
in the press conference that he had regarding Henry Ruggs. Uh, a lot of people, like, obviously, what Henry Ruggs did was inexcusable. Um, it's a mistake that will define him for the rest of his life. Um, but Derek Carr, being the leader that he is, came out and said he needs people to love him right now. He's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself, and he needs to be loved. And if no one else will do it, I'll do it. And that's just like, I love to see that out of a leader of a team that has been hit with so many obstacles so far this year. You got Gruden going down. And when Gruden, uh, when the whole Gruden situation happened, he was like, I hate the sin, but I love the guy. And that's just like, you know, he's all about his team. And I really like to hear that out of Derek Carr for sure. And I'm sure you guys agree. But all right, that's all I'll get into in the Henry Ruggs talk. Obviously really sad. Um, but we'll keep you posted as we get updates there. Next thing I wanted to hop into is Michael Thomas is out for the remainder of the season. He suffered a setback with his initial foot injury, and it sounds like he will need additional surgery now. So we have not seen the Michael Thomas that we have seen for almost two. I mean, it will be two seasons now since we've seen a very competitive top five wide receiver in the league, Michael Thomas. So I want to ask you guys, can Michael Thomas ever return to that top five wide receiver status? Jaden, I'll start with you. Top five. It's going to be really hard because I had a lot of concerns with him coming into this season with a lot of what Michael Thomas did and how he was successful was predicated off of Drew Brees and a lot of timing routes where you know, I was talking about throwing him open. Drew Brees was very, you know, very precise with all of his throws and everything, whereas Jameis Winston is not, not exactly someone that I'd call super precise and super football <laughs> intelligent like Drew Brees is. So top five is going to be really hard, especially because I think they've seen what, you know, their receiving core has given them so far. And this is a pretty well-rounded team that's probably going to take a wide receiver in the first round. So the whole like volume argument that could still be there for Michael Thomas is gone. But I mean, the question becomes how, like, where do you rank him heading into drafts next year? Like. You put him in the same category as you did OBJ for the past two years. I feel like, like the potential for him to be a top five wide receiver will always be there, but the chances I mean, of him actually doing that very little. He was getting, he was getting picked right around where OBJ was this year. Yeah. And I feel like he's only got to go down from where he was this year. Cause the situation's going to be pretty much exactly the same. And or it's, it's definitely not going to be better. It could only be worse. So. Yeah. Mitchell, what you got? Well, I was kind of looking into his injury that he had had, and it was a deltoid tear on the ligament on the inner part of his ankle, and that's really hard to tear, and it's a really strong ligament that supports the ankle. Kyler's got a sprain on it right now. I'm kind of concerned about that, but Thomas, his ankle was pretty much trashed, and when you have to repair that, it is very hard to return to playing form. I've seen a lot of people question whether he'll be anywhere near what he even was before. Wow. Now, granted, I don't know how much of that was a setback in the surgery or if there's just a huge rift between him and the Saints organization right now and he just doesn't want to play there anymore. But it it's definitely something to keep an eye on if he ever returns to this team because that 
from what I've heard, it was a serious injury for a guy in a position where you have to shift and cut so much off that ankle. Wow. So Michael Thomas may never return to form just because of his health. That's unfortunate to hear. You never want to hear that. But I mean, this is a Michael Thomas. Four straight thousand yard seasons from 2016 to 2019. He caught the most passes in a single season in NFL history in 2019. But like I said, it has not been the same since then. So, and yeah. And another question that you have to ask is, is especially if you're talking about pre draft rankings for next year, is, is Michael Thomas even playing for the Saints next year? That becomes a whole other question. So, well, they might, I think. Any, I think what Mitchell said makes a lot of sense. Like there has been a huge riff going on between Michael Thomas and the Saints for a while now. So I, I don't know what to take from all this as far as like the riff between them going on goes. But like if Michael Thomas goes to a different system and a better quarterback, I think there's a solid argument to say that he will be better. But that remains to be seen. All right. Well, with all of that, let's dive into the week nine preview and some of the headliner games that we have in front of us. And I will start with the struggling Cleveland Browns sitting at four and four at the Cincinnati Bengals who are sitting at five and three. This is in the one o'clock window. And let's dive into the things to watch. And we start off with The big news about Odell Beckham Jr. that has been developing over this entire week since the trade deadline started to kick off. So just like, what was it, like an hour ago, maybe even less, the Browns announced plans to release Odell Beckham Jr. effective Friday. And for those of you that don't know the story, 24 hours before the deadline, less than 24 hours before the deadline, uh, Odell's dad, Odell Beckham Sr., put an 11-minute video on Instagram showing times where OBJ was not throwing the ball when he was open. And this became, like, this is not good for this to be in an organization. And Baker was asked whether he, whether or not he feels hurt, and he was like, hurt? No, surprised, yes. So this is when the rift started to be kicked off and it only got worse. LeBron, LeBron, classic LeBron, getting involved in matters that have nothing to do with himself, tweeted hashtag free OBJ on Tuesday on Twitter. And GM. then, yeah, yeah, LeGM, of course, in a different sport. <laughs> Who would have thunk? But it only got worse from there because after that happened, Kevin Stefanski told Browns players, on Wednesday, I believe that OBJ was essentially not on the team and OBJ was excused from practice on Wednesday and Thursday, which I have never heard of. I have never heard of a player being excused from practice like that. And that's when you knew it was going downhill. So with news that he is going to be released on Friday, where do you think he'll end up? Jaden, I'll start with you, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be a team that wants him, but this feels oddly like an AB situation where it's like, is anyone going to touch him? Like, is anybody going to want to deal with this? Like I, uh, they were, I saw something. It was like an anonymous Browns player said, like he just comes to practice. He doesn't talk to anybody. He just comes in, does his drills and he leaves like, that's it. And there have been ego issues, temper issues in the past. 
uh, that have kind of made people dislike OBJ. And, you know, I like I haven't seen anything of him with any Browns teammates since he's been there. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I've never seen him like sit and talk to Baker, like in the middle of a game or anything. He's just there. Well, if you saw on Sunday, Baker, when you talked about the uh, the run where he got the first down, he threw his fists like and got all hype. Yeah, OBJ was right in front of him when he did that, and he threw his fists, and OBJ literally just like dodges out of the way real quick. Like literally didn't recognize didn't recognize him at all. Didn't like Sid didn't interact with him. He was just just dodges out of the way of that. And I was like, that, <laughs> that not getting hype over that as your own player, that's not good. But anyway, where do you think it will end up, man? I mean, uh, if I off the head, yeah, if you had yeah. to pick one, like. Green Bay is like my yeah. ideal scenario. Like I want to see that because I want to see him and Rogers and Adams and Aaron Jones together. Um, I think he there would really go. open up. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to beg for the ball. It's not going to work. Yeah. Very well, it's true. just like in theory. And you got two monster egos on a team like that, Aaron Rodgers and OBJ. Not good. But the Saints. It's. Yeah, the Saints. Yeah, yeah they have no very one. good point. He'd get all the targets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Mitchell, any trade destinations come on? Or not trade destinations, but destinations in general? <laughs> well, like you said, the Saints, that's a good one. The Colts are probably in desperate need for a wide receiver, too. You can't just run the ball all year. Eventually, someone's going to stack the box and prevent it a little. But I think the only kind of situation where he'll ever work out and be happy is a crappy team like the Detroit Lions where it's going to be him and just TJ Hawkinson on the outside getting targets because he requests the ball to be thrown to him so much you have to force it to him pretty much and you have to make bad passes. That's kind of how Eli was the last few years he was in New York. He was forcing passes to him and it's no surprise why they fell off so hard when you're trying to get it to him so hard that the defense knows it's going to him almost every play. Right. Right. You know, I just thought of a destination off the top of my head and that could be new England, man. New England has a history of bringing guys in like this. You know, they brought in a B and granted Tom Brady was quarterback and he had a lot to say when a B came in, but new England has a history of bringing in players like this drama Queens and they do not have a wide receiver one right now, uh, unless you want to call Jacoby Myers a receiver one. But zero career touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know they're sitting at four and four right now. They're definitely in contention. So you know maybe the Patriots. Yeah, and I got, got another. They, you got. Oh, I got go others. I was. I literally just went through our power rankings because I was like, no, I like I kind of get what Mitchell's saying, but. I think there's absolutely zero chance that Odell Beckham signs to the Detroit Lions. There, oh, there's no chance. I no agree. Chance. <laughs> no <laughs> chance. But the Raiders have a newfound hole at wide receiver. Yes. Um, they have some, you know, they clearly have some issues going on. So maybe adding Odell Beckham into that mix might not be the greatest idea. But like I said, need a wide receiver badly. And it's Vegas. He's not in Cleveland yeah. anymore. You get to mm-hmm. go be in Vegas. So 
you know, I could, I could definitely see that happening, but I don't know. I can't pick a destination where I'm like, Oh yeah, he'll work there. Yeah, exactly. And there's definitely, and this is the last thing I'll say about this before we move on, but there's definitely a question now, whether or not it's because of his talent that he's not doing well, or it's because of his opportunity. And I think a lot of teams are thinking about that now. Like maybe this isn't the same OBJ and OBJ Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he's 28 years old already now. So I'm pretty sure. Let do, yeah. Let me do a fact check on that. Yeah, he's 29 <laughs> years old already. So he's about to be OBJ 30 to death, and I do. Like I, I made just two years ago. I was like, dude, he's still top five wide receiver, like talent wise. He's still up there, and he's just he's not, and it hurts. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on from the OBJ talk and let's dive into some more of this individual game that we have ahead of us. So both these teams are looking to bounce back after week eight losses. Uh, The Bengals lost a tough one to the proud and mighty New York Jets who just got stomped on on Thursday night football. They lost a close one. It was 31 to 34. But prior to this loss, they were four and one in the five weeks for the loss so a hot team in general um they smashed the ravens the week before so you know a lot of obviously nothing too concerning about the Bengals here but the browns they lost 10 to 15 versus the pittsburgh steelers and baker did not look great we talked about it on last pod he went 20 20 for 31 225 yards and that's it mitchell do you think there's like what are you seeing with the shoulder right now? Like, do you think that's affecting his gameplay or do you think he's just a bad quarterback? <laughs> yes, just yes. I, I didn't really catch much of the game because I was at work, but it it's a very stout defense he went against and they've got offensive line injuries right now. And he absolutely needs a good offensive line in front of him to thrive. Certainly, certainly, especially against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A little compliment on Jaden's way you know but the stumbling Browns are one in three in their last four weeks so definitely spiraling out of control for a team that was favored for the Super Bowl coming into this year one of those teams favored for the Super Bowl so sad stuff going on there all right so I'm going to introduce a new segment going on for each of the headliner games that we have and that is tale of the tape because I I will recognize that me as a host can get a little carried away with some statistics and I'll just ramble on a bunch of numbers for like five minutes and we won't get it actually any good talking about the game. So we're going to do a tale of the tape segment going forward for each of the headliner games where I just list off some of the biggest stats or interesting stats from each team going into the game. So For the first tale of the tape segment, I will start with the Bengals. Joe Burrow has 2,215 yards. That's sixth in the league. He's got 20 touchdowns, which is third. And he is helped a lot by his rookie wide receiver, Jamar Chase, who has 786 yards on the year, which is third. He has seven touchdowns, which is tied for fourth. And 20.7 yards per catch, which is first. And that is no surprise because he loves that deep ball to Jamar Chase. Uh, the Bengals offense have scored the seventh most points per game at 27 and a half. Um, but they had a, on the defensive side, they had a really rough performance last week. They allowed 511 yards of total offense 
to the New York Jets, which is not good. But in general, their defense has played very well this year. They play very physical. And I believe this is going to be a running game, obviously, with the questions going on with Baker right now. No OBJ. This is going to be a rush-dominant game for the Browns. And that's not going out of the way saying that because they have been rush-dominant all year. So the Bengals against the run, they have allowed the fifth-least rushing yards per game to running backs at 71.1 and they've allowed the fifth least yards per attempt to running backs at 3.6 so optimism there for the Bengals against the Cleveland run Um, on the Brown side they have scored less than 15 points in three straight weeks that is not good (laughs) but you know like I said earlier they're a dominant run team and they still control the league in that They have the most rushing yards per game at 161.1. But on the defensive side, it kind of gets ugly. They only have three interceptions, which is tied for third least. And they have allowed 17 passing touchdowns, which is tied for third. And you're running into a Bengals offense that relies a lot on the pass and Joe Burrow. So bad news going into this game for the Browns. And the last thing I'll say for the defense, they have Miles Garrett, who is starting to make his way as the top contender for the defensive player of the year. He has 10 and a half sacks, which is first in the league. So with that, let's dive into the spreads and the money lines for this game. Cincinnati minus two and a half. The money line, Cincinnati minus 135. Cleveland plus 115. And I'll go ahead with my pick first. I'm taking, I really wanted to take Cleveland in this game just because I thought that they might rally around this whole thing with OBJ going on recently. But, I mean, the stats tell one story, and I just, like, there's nothing going good right now in Cleveland. I'm taking Cincinnati on the spread of the money line. Jaden? Yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati on the spread and the money line as well. I don't trust this Browns team. I watched them against the Steelers last week. And I, I did a little check on this because I wanted to say it, and I was really wanted to be right. But Big Ben has more passing yards and more passing touchdowns in less games than Baker Mayfield. Well, actually, no, it's the same because they had a Case Keenum game. But Ben's had a bye, so it evens out. But still, Big Ben, who is deemed as the worst quarterback in the NFL at multiple points this season, is putting up better statistical numbers than Baker Mayfield, which is why clearly taking the Bengals in this one. There you go, Mitchell. I think Cleveland does manage to cover in this because since he likes to play down to opponents, we've seen them almost lose to the Jags and then lose to the Jets. I Tough on the money line. If Denzel Ward suits up, I could see it going either way. He was out last week. That obviously showed up for them. But I'm going to take Cincy money line, but I think that Cleveland does manage to cover in this. Hmm, nice. It's a tiny spread, too, so it's a nice call. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game that we have on the slate, and it should be a good one, or was going to be a good one, but it'll be interesting to watch at least. Uh, Green Bay, who is sitting at 7-1, and one, visits the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are sitting at 4-4 four and four after their measly win on Monday night I wish I could have talked about this game because I just like I'm growing a hate towards Patrick Mahomes right now uh it might not help that he's on my fantasy team in our major league so maybe that doesn't help all right well let's dive into this game shall we 
This is in the one o'clock window, and let's dive into the things to watch. And I will start with some of the biggest news to come out this week. Aaron Rodgers is out for this game with COVID. He has been officially placed on the COVID-19 list, and this is a very interesting situation because at the beginning of the season, he said he was immunized, and he did not, in fact, have a vaccination. He was treated by his personal doctor to increase the antibodies in his system or something like that. I'm not sure. I tried to find details, but I mean, this is just a bizarre situation overall. Um, but he tried to get approval for the, from the NFL saying that he was vaccinated because he was getting this treatment from his doctor, but he was denied and he came out this week, he got COVID, and he has to go into a different protocol than the other guys who have the vaccine. Um, he has been immediately ruled out for this game. Uh, Rodgers is, quote, furious with the NFL for leaking his vaccination status. And the NFL have, has launched a full-on investigation into the Packers for violation of COVID protocols, which shall be interesting because Aaron Rodgers has made all of his media presence with no mask on. So that'll be fun to watch. But the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers for the first time since 2017 in this game. And Jaden, I'll start with you. What do you think of this whole bizarre situation you got we got going on right now? With uh, throwing some blame on Aaron Rodgers. What's what's the deal? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers guy, so it's really hard. Like, and I'm trying to be unbiased here. Also, made move got Russell Wilson so my quarterback was Russell Wilson and I was like oh I'm just gonna pick up Aaron Rodgers against the Chiefs then two hours later that happens and all the other quarterbacks Tannehill was playing the Rams like Kirk Cousins playing the Ravens so I was not happy about that but our good friend Mitchell here was able to help me out and hand me a free <laughs> Jalen Hurts so there you go thank you Mitchell um you're welcome <laughs> but yeah, I do think some of the blame falls on Aaron Rodgers for this. I totally understand, though, why the NFL MVP, who has probably had the biggest media circus surrounding him this offseason, did not want to disclose his vaccination status, especially considering he wasn't vaccinated. Uh, the immunized wording was very weird. I don't really know. because yeah. I heard there was something like very misleading, like an alternate treatment or something that he tried to get proposed to the NFL. I have no idea what it was, um, but it got denied and then they just ignored it yeah. after that, I guess. Uh, but apparently I read some of the report and like he wears his mask around the facility. He just doesn't mm -hmm. wear it to the media. So like, I guess he's keeping the Packers safe, but not the media. So it, it's going to be very like this is, and this was a lot bigger news than I thought it was going to be like, I walked by and it was on like CBS news, like not sports news, like. It's Cause it's and, COVID dude. Well, yeah, but. Um, yeah, I think there's a good amount of blame that falls on Aaron Rodgers and some of it falls on the Packers, but that's because of, you know, they let Aaron Rodgers do it. Yeah. It'd be one thing if he said he was not vaccinated and stood by that. Like there's a lot of players in the league who have been strong about not getting the vaccination. Cole and, Beasley. Yeah. Cole Beasley. <laughs> like, but yeah, but I mean, Kyrie made a whole spectacle out of it, but like, Aaron Rodgers should have been upfront about being vaccinated or not vaccinated. Uh, I will say it was kind of a dick move by the NFL just to be like, nope, he's not vaccinated when he said he was vaccinated. I mean, what else are you going to do, though? Because 
the protocols are different for the players. So like, it's obvious once you place him, like it was kind of hard not to, but very interesting situation. Mitchell, what you think? Uh, it was definitely misleading the way he was quoted at the start of the season. But uh, I, I guess if you're not going to get vaccinated and you want to try to be involved, he at least did try to do, I guess, antibody therapies and stuff like that. And the NFL was just strict about it. Eh, overall, it, it seemed like a very Aaron Rodgers move to be anti-vax. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to some football talk, shall we? Uh, because Aaron Rodgers is out of this game, Jordan Love will make his first career start to the young phenom. He was the 26th overall pick in 2020. So it's going to be interesting to see what this offense will look like without Jordan Love. So, I mean, this is a first round draft pick. So I don't think there, and he hasn't, like he's been in practice every day on the scout team and he's been preparing. This is not your classic throwing a rookie quarterback in when he's not ready situation, which I like. And he's had plenty of time to prepare so it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks like without Aaron Rodgers for the first time since 2017. Uh, Jaden, what do you think, man? Do you think they're going to feed it to Devontae? Do you think it's been run heavy with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? What you got? Uh, I do think that the run is very involved this week because it was very involved last week. And this Chiefs defense we know is paper thin. Uh, especially up front. So you can run on them all day if you want to. But I, I do think that Jordan Love is going to have a good day. I think that this is this is almost a perfect situation for the Packers because, and I've talked about this for the Steelers, you want to be able to have, like obviously Aaron Hunters and Big Ben are on completely different levels at this point in their career. But you want to know what you're going to have before you, you know, end up letting that guy go. And then you have to make decisions this off season, because let's say you don't get to see Jordan love all year. And then Aaron Rodgers leaves you kind of like, you know, could we go get another guy? Should we go get a veteran instead of pushing Jordan love in when we're, we have a win now team. I don't know if that was ever in the consideration. I don't know. Like, they drafted him in the first, like, in well, the just first like, round and shocked everybody. And they're doing the classic Aaron Rodgers. Like a Fitzpatrick thing, type of player where, like, you can kind of, like – A bridge quarterback? Yeah. not like And not like a total bridge where you play him for the entire year, but kind of like what the Dolphins did with Tua last year. Um, but now if he comes in and looks great, now you can see, okay, this is our guy. Once Aaron leaves, we've got our guy. We're going to be good. If he sucks – Obviously, don't overreact too much, but you know, you're like, uh, that that could be that could have been a mistake. Uh, but I do think he's going to play well in this game, and uh, I'm going to not disclose my pick yet. But there you go. Gonna... Yeah, chill on that. I think you got a good thought on the bridge quarterback thing. Like this, not like this game won't prove whether or not Jordan Love is the future quarterback of the Packers for the next ten years. That's not going to happen. It's his first career start, but from this start you can make a decision whether or not you need a bridge quarterback like a Fitzpatrick next year so yeah good thought Mitchell what do you think this Uh, offense is going to look like I think he might do pretty well it's the Kansas City Chiefs they're pretty horrible I mean obviously they're going to come out with Jones and Dylan probably heavy because the Chiefs run defense is horrible too they made Devontae Booker look like Saquon Barkley out there I think Love could still go for 250 passing yards and like you guys have been saying you kind of need a sample size to 
guess how he'll actually be. The Packers did it with Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was still in there. He got hurt in a game. He came in, looked great. If Jordan Love does not look good in this game, I would be very concerned because this is probably a bottom two defense in the league right now. I get it's his first game, but he's had a year and a half to figure it out. And he's got Devontae Adams in an amazing running game. You, you kind of have to, well, at least definitely look into a bridge quarterback if he doesn't show out. But I do think he is going to show out in this game because everything is in his favor. You guys seem to be laying a lot on this game for Jordan Love. Like, I get it. Like, I know it's his first appearance and everything, but, like, ugh, it's he's basically a rookie quarterback. Like, what can you expect? So, anyway, good stuff there. Let's dive into the next thing to watch in this game, and it is. Is the high-powered offense in Kansas City dead versus the Giants? Their longest pass was 24 yards, and it was a Miko Hardman swing pass and this was a very close game this was very uncharacteristic of the Chiefs offense I've never seen the Chiefs look like this and Patrick Mahomes man sheesh he now has 10 interceptions which leads the league he has a pick in every week except week one so I want to toss it to you guys will Patrick Mahomes ever return to an MVP level or even a top five quarterback level in this era with the chiefs. Like I know he's super young. So he has a, he has a bright career ahead of him. He has plenty of years ahead of him, but do you think this era of the chiefs is over with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill leading the offense for Patrick Mahomes? Jaden, I'll start with you. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Like, Okay, so I get it because I think uh, Bleacher Report posted today. They put out like, all right, we need to hear it. What's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? And this Chiefs fan was like, you know, obviously the Bucks put out the game plan to stop them in the Super Bowl. But he was like, no, it was like the Falcons in week 15. And I remember that game because I think Calvin Ridley, I think I had Calvin Ridley at that point. So I was like paying attention to that game closely. And the, they played them like super close. But it was, I mean, it was like 31 to 31 and the Chiefs like barely got it at the end of the game. Anyway, just found it weird that that was the game, the Falcons defense that we now know to be completely awful is the one that showed the blueprint for to stop KC. But I, I don't think that Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who are arguably the best playmaking duo in the NFL still, uh, I, don't th- I don't think that giving them two to Patrick Mahomes is ever going to be a bad thing. I think that the way the Chiefs are playing right now, where the defense is so awful that Patrick Mahomes thinks he has to make up for everything that the Chiefs defense has done because he does with big plays and stuff like that is just causing all the turnovers. They're the number one team with turnovers right now. Like that blows my mind. This is was a hyper-efficient offense in years past. But he's just trying to compensate so much for what their defense can't do by trying to do it all himself. And you've got Tyree kill. You've got Travis Kelsey. Let the game come to you a little bit. Like, and, and it's not even the offensive line issues. Like it's been in last year, like you weren't running for your life and then trying to make something happen. The offense is fine. You, you, you need to just let it come to you. Slow down. You don't need to score a hundred points in the first quarter. Just, just play Patrick Mahomes football. 
Yeah. Well, I think there's an argument to be made that Patrick Mahomes football doesn't work anymore, man. I really think that Dude, like, come on, come on. All right. All right. So no, where, where do you, ha- where do you my have him in your QB rankings? Where do you have him? I don't know where I have him in my QB rankings. I can't think of that <laughs> off the top of my head, but hear my argument here. All right. So Patrick Mahomes has always been that quarterback that drops way too deep in the pocket and tries to make something happen, you know, and it has worked for obviously a couple years now, you know, you got a, you got a couple Super Bowls under the belt. So obviously has worked, but I think defensives have finally figured out this Kansas city offense, how it's built right now, like with the game plan that they have always approached games with, like, I think that's over, dude, Patrick Mahomes, he cannot keep going, dropping down in the pocket and taking like more than five seconds to throw the ball. Like, that just cannot happen anymore. He looks like he did in that Super Bowl every game now because it's his fault. It falls on him. He's trying to make way too much happen. You mentioned that, Jaden, and we've mentioned it on the podcast before. He needs to become a pocket quarterback for this offense to work now. Like he needs to get rid of the ball a lot quicker. Like he needs to get rid of it within the first three seconds. And like you said, you've got two of the best playmakers in football on your team. So that should be no problem getting them open, especially Travis Kelsey. But like he's taking too long to get rid of the football and he's trying to make too much happen. And this falls completely all on Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think we will see Patrick Mahomes like we've seen him in the past for a while because he just cannot play this brand of football and win football games. And it's evident by the four and four record. Mitchell. What you think? Well, they need a lot of pieces to make this team work. They need a legitimate number two receiver. They need a better offensive line. They need a better defense. And you look at Patrick Mahomes' contract, he's going to get half a billion dollars. He's eating up so much of their cap space, along with Tyreek and Travis. And then you've got Tooney on the offensive line. I just don't see them being able to do it unless they absolutely draft their ass off because with that massive contract, he is killing this roster for talent. And I don't see him not having to having to, or believing he has to play hero ball every week and every snap pretty much. Yeah. Well, the problem on the offensive line isn't the entire offensive line. Quite honestly, it's just Orlando Brown. Creed Humphrey has been the Mostly. highest graded, the highest graded center in football, and I'm pretty sure Trey Smith has been the highest graded guard. Which second round and sixth round? That I mean, you you want to talk about a draft? That's fantastic. But Orlando Brown, I knew this wasn't going to work when they signed him. He's a fat, slow run blocker who can't <laughs> drop. But he can't he can't do like four step drops like consistently and when you have Patrick Mahomes going back eight mm-hmm. nine steps you have to pass protect for him for six or seven seconds Orlando Brown can't do that so asking him to do that it's just not going to work additionally he's in a contract year so he's going to want to be paid and he's going to want to be paid like the best left tackle in football and they're going to have to do it because they just gave up a first round pick for him which further straps oh. them cap wise and they can't make any upgrades on defense well you got to think about it this way that they can't afford a tackle. I don't think – well, this year, Orlando is not proving at all that he's worth a contract. He'll be lucky to get signed by the Chiefs or anybody, I think, for $10 million. That's probably what he's looking for. 
the Chiefs are just going to struggle until they actually manage to draft a tackle because they can't go out and buy one the way they would like to probably. I don't think any tackle in the NFL can protect for this man right now. Like for the amount that he's dropping back, like that, the <laughs> name one guy that could do that. Like I, like you have to play the best offensive line game in NFL history, every single game to protect, to protect for this guy right now. And that's just impossible. You're asking too much. I don't think any left tackle in the league could protect for this man right now, because it, like I said, it just falls all on Patrick okay. Mahomes. You're, you're throwing out a lot of Mahomes slander. So I need to know how many quarterbacks are in front of him for you. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. You're making me do this right off the top. Of my Come head. on, man. You got it. You're a host. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson. Josh Allen. Lam- Dude, Lamar Jackson. Um, Matthew Stafford. Tom Brady. Yeah, dude. This is the Patrick Mahomes, how he's built, right? Obviously, he has the God-given talent. He has an arm that could throw 80 yards perfectly. But, like, you can't play like you're playing right now, dude. You're playing a play style that's just, like, not making you a good quarterback. Sit in the pocket and throw it quickly. Get it out. He's trying to play shortstop at quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. So. Yeah, I mean, I put what I list like seven quarterbacks off there. Kyler Murray, you probably yeah, you could probably keep listening him too the way he's playing this year. But Justin Herbert, yes, I love that one. If you say Derek Carr, I'm leaving. I'm I'm leaving the Zoom call. If you say Derek Carr. right now, I'm right leaving now? the Zoom call. If you if you say if you say that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, I'm leaving the Zoom call. Derek Carr is not dropping there we go. 800 feet back in the pocket. God-given talent, Patrick Mahomes has a very strong argument to be number one. But playing like he's playing now with his play style, he is borderline top 10. Borderline. So He's played like this all his career, though. It's just Yeah, worked. it's worked, but people have figured it out. People have figured out, oh, shit, he's dropping back like 20 yards. Maybe I can uh, – maybe i can confirm. put some pressure on him you didn't say that Derek carr is better than mahomes that's all i wanted to hear god-given talent no patrick mahomes is probably the best in the league but with the way he's playing right now i think Derek carr is a better quarterback god bless america i'm leaving I'm... 10 interceptions leads the league bro what do you want me to say what do you want me to say Anyway, all right, that's enough patrick mahomes and the kansas city offense talk let's dive into the tale of the tape for this game and I will start with the Packers and they're getting their boy back this week. And that is Devonte Adams, who despite missing last week still has 52 catches, which is third in the league and 744 yards, which is fourth. The Packers have scored more than 24 points in seven straight games. Very nice. Uh, Aaron Jones has at least four catches in the last four games, but he only has one game with more than 100 rushing yards so far this season. So obviously the receiving threat is there, but the rushing is starting to give in to my next guy I have on the list here, and that is A.J. Dillon, who's had 11 or more carries in three of the past five games. And on the defensive side for the Packers, they have allowed sixth least passing yards per game at 235.4. Now, the Chiefs, a little bit more Patrick Mahomes talk for you. His QBR against Tennessee was 6.7. And after this game, everybody was like, 
oh, like that's the worst by far QBR that Patrick Mahomes has ever had, and that'll never happen again. Against the Giants, he had a 19.3 QBR. Those are the two lowest, uh, lowest QBRs of his career. Yeah, I don't know why that came out all funny there. but And his playmakers, with Patrick Mahomes doing so bad right now, they just cannot make anything happen. Travis Kelsey has one touchdown in the last six weeks. And Tyreek Hill only has two games above 100 yards receiving so far this year. But he was targeted 18 times versus the Giants. So they're trying to get him involved. They just can't right now. So let's hop into the spreads and the money lines for this game. Kansas City minus seven and a half. The money lines, Kansas City minus 350. Green Bay plus 280. And let's dive into our picks now. Me, I'll start. I'm taking the Green Bay spread. I think they'll easily cover. I think they'll easily cover. Like you guys said, I anticipate great things from Jordan Love. I mean, he's a first-round draft pick who's had plenty of time to prepare for this moment. I'm thinking he's going to play really well against a porous Kansas City defense. So give me Green Bay on the spread. But I'm going to take Kansas City on the money line. I really don't want to. I really think that Green Bay could win this game. But Vegas has got to know something, right? Like, I, I guess I'm taking Kansas City on the money line. But one, one thing that I want to say, everybody keeps saying, like, oh, this is going to be the week that Patrick Mahomes gets back to normal. We've been saying that for four or five weeks now. And he played the Giants and had a 19.3 QBR. We keep expecting Patrick Mahomes to become Patrick Mahomes, like, poof, like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. That's like we've ex- we keep expecting this. Like, when are we going to stop thinking that this guy is going to come back? I don't know. That's just my thought process. Jaden, what you got for your pick? I mean, I hate to be the guy to tell you, but he did have a pretty good game against the Washington football team. So, uh, yeah, who didn't, pal? Who didn't? Good point. My good mom could go out there and throw 400 yards and four touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah. We made Teddy Bridgewater look like a top five quarterback. Anyway, this is not about watching mm-hmm. football team. What's your pick for this game? It's not the Washington football team. Um, yeah, just give me give me the Packers on both. Like I said, I've got faith in Jordan Love. I second guessed this pick when I saw that the Chiefs were at home, but I already said that I was going to spoil my pick, so now I guess I have to pick the Packers. There you go. And honestly, I might switch mine around. I might go Green Bay on the money line. I like it. Going all in. Mitchell? This spread is just disrespectful to Green Bay. I'm pretty sure they're getting Bakhtiari back this week, too, so it's even more threat on the offensive line. I'm taking Green Bay on both. I just think the Chiefs team is frauds based off of what they've done the last two years in comparison. Yeah, for sure. So that's Green Bay across the board. You heard it here first. A lot of defending for Patrick Mahomes for you guys both to pick Green Bay on the money line against the seven-and-a-half-point spread. You said he was a borderline top 10 quarterback. That's why. Right now. Baker Mayfield was in that argument a few weeks ago for him. That's a good point. I know. You, very good point. You, I know. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. That was a very hot take. A uh, while, like three weeks ago, I said that there was an argument to be said that Baker is a top 10 quarterback in the league. And I am eating those words now. So I guess I, do, <laughs> I guess I do get things wrong sometimes no it happens what i know of course not. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, let's move on to our next game that we have on the slate, and it is the final headliner game for us today, and that is the Tennessee Titans, who are sitting at a really nice 6-2 and two at the Los Angeles Rams, who are sitting at a better 7-1 and one on Sunday Night Football. And this was a game that was going to be one of the biggest games of the year if Derrick Henry was healthy, but he's not. So... Things to watch in this game, and I'll start with the injury report. Uh, what you got on Matthew Stafford and Robert Woods, Mitchell? Well, neither have practiced to this point in the week, but uh, Stafford's probably worries me a little less. It's something he played through in the past game. It might be more of like a vet rest midseason for them because it is a, it's a whole extra game this season, and he is not exactly spring chicken, but uh, – <laughs> Robert Woods is fried chicken. It's a spry hey, did chicken. I did I not nail that though? Dude, Rob Gronkowski left the game after like a couple plays, and he's not going to come back until after the bye week. Maybe not even. So I don't know. It's funny or spry chicken. What is their spring chicken? I guess spry chicken isn't the term. I guess it is spring chicken. It is spring chicken. <laughs> but he wasn't a spry or a spring chicken in that one. Anyway, continue. But uh, Robert Woods also has not practiced this week with a foot injury. That worries me a little more than Stafford's just because, as a receiver, you 100% need your foot, just like anybody would need their foot playing the game of football, but even more so to an explosive position like receiver for Robert Woods. So I'd keep my eye on that as far as his practice status going into the weekend. Maybe a game-time decision if it's something bad, but they haven't released any real information other than the practice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff. All right. Well, I mentioned it before. This is the first game that the Titans will be playing this season without their Mr. King Henry. Uh, But we mentioned it in the podcast earlier this week. They did sign Adrian Peterson and they've got the very intimidating Jeremy McNichols as the in-house backup running back for Derrick Henry. And I, I put a little uh, history lesson for Jeremy McNichols together because that is not a very well-known name. He was a 2017 fifth round pick by Tampa Bay. Uh, he played his college days at Boise state and for his career, he only has 56 carries 246 yards and a touchdown, which Derrick Henry could realistically do in one game. Um, he has, but he has a combined 33 catches over the past two years, one touchdown. And that seems to be the role they use him in a lot this year, more of a passing down back, but I guess they're bringing in Adrian Pearson to take on those 30 carries a game. But I want to toss it to you guys. Do you think it was a mistake for the Titans not to trade for a running back at the deadline? Jaden, I'll start with you. I mean, trade for one sign, one that isn't 36, uh, Either way, yes, because this is an offense that is very predicated on the run. This is what makes uh, your boy A.J. Brown go. Uh, without that running game, I don't think either A.J. Brown or Julio or whoever's playing for him get open because, you know, everybody sells out to stop the run against Derrick Henry, and you're not going to be able to find Derrick Henry on the street, but you bring in one, two, three guys to fill that role. Maybe you can try and formulate a similar type of running offense, but I don't think that Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols are going to be the answer there. Agreed. Mitchell? I I do think it's a mistake because this team has been rolling lately and 36-year-old running backs aren't necessarily going to be as 
effective as a guy in the middle of his prime. They probably should have gone for someone like Melvin Gordon. And I'm sure Melvin Gordon would have appreciated that rather than splitting carries with a rookie running back. But uh, I guess the Broncos had already done their selling for the trade deadline. Yeah, I guess. But you mentioned him. Melvin Gordon would have been a great ad. I mean, he has been in a very similar Derrick Henry type of role before, especially with the Chargers, not in Denver, but especially with the Chargers or like, think about the guys free agents that you could have signed instead. Like the guy that first comes to mind for me is Todd Gurley. Like, why would you not kick the tires on a much younger running back who has gotten very, very much more similar workloads to Derrick Henry than Melvin Gordon has. I mean, Todd Gurley in his prime Rams days was getting serious work. Well, so. Gurley has the knees of a 40 year old and Adrian Peterson probably has the knees of a 30 year old. So that might be a lot. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's, that's from our in-house injury expert. So I'll, I'll take your opinion on that. So, all right. Let's move on to the next thing to watch in this game, and that is Von Miller, who was traded to the Los Angeles Rams and the biggest deal that happened over the deadline. Uh, but he's set to possibly make his Rams debut here. Uh, his status right now is up in the air. I thought I heard earlier in the week that he was guaranteed to play, but then I looked at it before the podcast, and his status is now up in the air whether or not he's going to play. Apparently, he's dealing with some kind of injury right now. I don't know. It must be minor but that might just be related to him just getting on the team. So, but like I said, this was one of the bigger deals on deadline day or the day before deadline day, but the Rams sent a 22 or 2022 second and third round draft picks to Denver. And these draft picks for the Rams, man, are looking really rough now in 2022. They just have a compensatory 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 that's a weird anyway all right compensatory third round pick they have a fifth round pick of their own and they have a seventh round pick from the dolphins and their own uh in 2023 it doesn't get much better they just have a second round pick a third round pick a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick so i'll toss it to you guys man do you think this is a mistake on the rams part to trade away basically all of your important draft picks for the next couple years Jaden, i'll start with you I do not. In fact, I love the strategy. I love what the Rams do. I think that, you know, if you've got a team where you feel like, okay, we can win a Super Bowl this year, 2020 or a, you know, a draft pick in that season, especially a second and a third. I mean, it's not, you, you don't have your first either. So those two picks would be very key, but I mean, to get a guy like Von Miller, who I definitely think they can get to stay in LA. It would really suck though if he leaves after this offseason. Um, but or I, I love it. <laughs> or retires. Uh, but I love it. I think that it's super smart. I don't know why more teams, i.e., like the Packers, um, the Bills, definitely the Cowboys, the go in, go all in like this. I mean, the Bucks have done it. You know, they go out and get a B and then all of their they get to bring all those guys back from last season. I will say, though, that the Rams have had probably the best injury luck outside of like the Cam Akers torn Achilles. They've probably had the best injury luck in the last couple of years that I can think of. Like, I feel like they've really been getting lucky. So they haven't had to go to like their depth pieces uh, 
which they don't have because they don't draft at all. Yeah, especially over these next two years. Mitchell, do you think it's a mistake on the Rams' part to go all in here? No, they already traded away so many picks. Why not just add insult to injury, say, fuck the draft, just get whatever you can out of any draft pick you have left, which is at best a second rounder. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the GM for the Rams, I'm forgetting his name at this certain moment, but his kids got him a coffee mug that reads, fuck them picks. <laughs> so that was his little gift. And they took a picture with it and it's like on the Rams social media. It's kind of sick, but I don't know, man. Like it's easy to say right now that it's not a mistake. You know, they look like the prime Super Bowl contenders right now, but like, I mean, we're not talking about right now. Like this is a mistake that you're making next year and the year after that, you know, oh, in five years, all... they might be the worst team in football just because they don't have anybody, but you never it all know. It off if you get a ring though. Think about like, Very true. this is a basketball reference. They, the Raptors sell out to get Kawhi. Kawhi leaves in two years or the year after, that but year? Hey, you got a ring out got of it. that ring. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Very true. Very true. All right. Let's dive into the tail of the tape for this game, and I will start with the Titans. The Titans have four straight wins against the Jags, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Colts. Bills, Chiefs, Colts, very tough schedule to get wins against. Uh, over this span, they are averaging 33 points per game, which is just monstrous. But Ryan Tannehill, who in this game, this, this result of the game will fall a lot on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders, he has thrown four interceptions in the past three games, which isn't too promising. But he has looked better than more of a factor than he did at the beginning of the year. I will say that. But A.J. Brown, you mentioned him earlier. He's been falling out. He's averaging 126 yards per game in the past three games. He has a touchdown in the past two games and at least nine targets in the past three. So welcome back, A.J. Brown. And Kevin Byard, safety. He has four interceptions, which is tied for second in the league, and he has three interceptions in the past four games. So that Titans defense, which looked really rocky to start the season, is definitely starting to pick it up lately. Um, tail of the tape for the Rams side, and I will start with possibly the MVP leader right now, and that is Matthew Stafford, who has 2,477 yards in the year, which is second. 22 touchdowns, which is second, only four interceptions, and he has an average 77.6 QBR, which leads the league. And then you've got the even more spectacular Cooper Cup, who has 63 catches this year, which is second in the league, 924 yards already through eight weeks, which is first in the league, no surprise. And he's already got double-digit touchdowns at 10, which is also first in the league. On the Rams defensive side, I mean, it's no secret to anyone that this Rams defense has been one of the best for many years now. Um, they lead the league in sacks right now with 25, and it only gets better with adding Von Miller, who already has four and a half sacks on the year so far. And they also lead the league in interceptions. They are tied for the league lead with 11. So let's dive into the spread and the money lines for this game. The Rams are favored minus seven and a half. The money lines for this game, Rams minus 350, Tennessee plus 280. And I'll go ahead with my pick first. I really think that this Tennessee offense is a lot better than people give them credit for. Like, I, I get it. You know, it runs a lot of play action. It runs a lot through Derrick Henry. But this Tennessee team is 6-2. and two. Like, and 
whether or not that's all on the shoulders of Derrick Henry, like yes. you could definitely say, have an argument there that it's definitely all on the shoulders of Derrick Henry, but like, this is still a good football team. Like they've got Ryan Tannehill, got AJ Brown, they've got Julio, they've got a solid offensive line. So I I'm thinking that Tennessee might rally a little bit around that fact that everybody's counting them out without Derrick Henry. So I'll go Tennessee on the spread, but give me Rams on the money line. Jaden, what you got? Uh, Give me Rams on both. Uh, I am not a believer in this Titans team at all with Derrick Henry going. Like I said earlier, their offense revolves around Derrick Henry. It does not go without Derrick Henry. And we haven't been able to see that because Derrick Henry's been there for basically the entire time this offense has been elite. Uh, And that just shows that it's because of him. And Adrian Peterson cannot physically fill that role. Uh, their defense is very subpar. Their offensive line is solid. Uh, AJ Brown's good, but I Julio think Jones is also pretty good. Yeah, I mean he's all right. He's okay. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan Tannehill, the last time we saw him without Derrick Henry, he was getting ran out of Miami. So we're gonna kind of be able to see what kind of quarterback he actually is without the strongest running game in the NFL. Very true. Very true. Mitchell, what you got? I got the brands on both. The only way I don't see them covering the spread is if they're blowing them out early and then they're just like a last second bad beat or something where they just get a garbage time touchdown. I think they're just going to completely outmatch Tennessee because their defense isn't that great going up against probably a top five offense in the league and what looks to be the top defense in the league statistically against a team who is throwing in two running backs who are not at all used to this volume and not at all used to, like, being a power back in Jeremy McNichols' case. AP's been out of the league for a while now. I I don't know how he responds, especially to a playbook he's just being introduced to. It is Adrian Peterson, though. So, I probably know a little bit. It is a 36-year-old man. Yeah, it is a 36-year-old man. I'll give you that. But he knows a little something about power running and how that offense is supposed to work. So I will say that. I just think this – like, are we really going to count Mike Vrabel out to get blown out by, like, 30 points? I, I just can't do that. Right, the best team yeah. in football, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. I'd be surprised if the Titans make the playoffs. I'm saying it right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, with the Colts doing what they're doing right now, I think you got to really stop. I, I know. I was, watching, I was watching the pregame stuff – and they're talking about, uh, like, would you be surprised if the Colts won this division? And Michael Strahan was like, I would be absolutely shocked if the Colts win this division. And I'm like, like, yeah, like that's ridiculous. Yeah, they're, they're three games behind the Titans. But I mean, there's a very good chance they're only two games behind the Titans after Sunday. And this, this Titans offense. It's not well, going to be able to go, man. I don't have faith. I in mean, it. you look at Indy's schedule left. They have a lot of cakewalks. There's a few hard games mixed in there. They still have Buffalo and Tampa, but they play the Jets, the Jags, the Texans, and the Jags. Wow. And those are four of the games wow. they have, along with New England. They do have Arizona and LA and Las Vegas too, but there's a lot of cakewalk games mixed in there. Yeah. And like this. Colts team wasn't what they showed on Sunday. Like I, that was just bad Carson Wentz. You know, you're going to see bad Carson Wentz. And they still were in it right till the end. They yeah. Just, I mean, they scored 31 points. They lost on a field goal in overtime. Like that, if that's your worst game of the season, they're a pretty good football team. Yeah. 
that's ridiculous to say on Strahan's part. I didn't even know he said that, that there's no shot. I think the Colts are favored now for the division. So probably yeah. I'd listen Good to talks there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into the other games that we have on the slates and the less significant ones. Uh, Denver, who's sitting at four and four at the Dallas Cowboys, who are sitting at six and one. This is in the one o'clock window. The spread, Dallas minus 10. And Mitchell, you want to give us some injury updates on uh, some of the biggest players in Dallas, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yeah, pretty much their big three. Uh, Dak Prescott, he looks like he's finally going to make the return. He was a full participant today. He's on the latter half of the recovery timeline for calf strain. So it's not at all a surprise he'll be back. And McCarthy's reiterated that he's going to be the quarterback Sunday. Amari Cooper, he's kind of been dealing with this hamstring issue for a while. He's been limited in practice all week. I wouldn't be too shocked if he just came into this game with a minor lingering issue. Something to keep an eye on, obviously, but I, I think he'll end up playing. And CD concerns me because he actually sprained his ankle at practice on Wednesday. And he has not practiced. Well, it's been one day, but he hadn't practiced since. And with an issue like that, with the tissue being that freshly injured, it really worries me for his playing status on Sunday. I mean, obviously, he's probably not going to practice tomorrow. He's going to be maybe at best a game time decision, in my opinion. But I do not think he's playing when it's happened just yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, middle of the week injury and ankle sprain like that's or it was an ankle sprain, right? Yeah, it was an ankle sprain. That's not good, dude. In the middle of the week, I totally agree. Like to do that at practice, no bueno. And Jaden's laughing at me right now because I literally have CD in every league. So that's my guy. <laughs> anyway, spread is minus 10 favoring Dallas for this game. Let's run off our picks real quick. Uh, even if CD is out of this game, I'm taking Dallas on the spread and the money line. Jaden? Uh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Broncos are frauds. Almost lost to Washington. Sad. Yep. Yep. Mitchell? I'm going to take Dallas on both. I think Michael Gallup's returning this week, so at least they'll have a solid wide receiver, too, coming back in. And uh, Cedric Wilson has been looking pretty good. surprising, yeah. Yeah, so they got weapons. Uh, Next game we have Houston, who's sitting at 1-7 at Miami, who's sitting at an awesome 1-7 as well. This is in the 1 o'clock window. Miami is favored minus (laughs) 5.5. Tyrod Taylor's coming back this week. So give me the Texans on the spread the money line. Jaden? Uh, God. Uh, mm. <laughs> give me the Dolphins on the spread the money line. Uh, I'm now a Jalen Waddle owner, so I have to watch this game. Um, nice. I don't want to, though. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, give me the Dolphins. The Texans will be better with Tyrod Taylor back. It, it, it's going to be a new team, uh, not like a winning team, but a <laughs> team. slightly better team. Hey, Mitchell, they won the only game he finished. Yeah, there you go. Well, he's and a he was legend, of course. Ten of eleven that. in the game against the Browns. I know, pretty solid. Former you Charger, and yeah. you know what? You're biased. That's, hey, now, now I was happy to see him go after Herbert did well. <laughs> <laughs> after, not before, but uh. I'm probably going to take Houston on both. Tyrod was clicking with this offense earlier in the year. 
And the five and a half spread is very enticing for me. I could easily see this being a shootout of a game based on how the defenses have looked throughout the season for both teams. And I, I just think Tyrod pulls it off somehow. Me too. Me too. Uh, next game we got on the slate is the Atlanta Falcons who are sitting at three and four at the New Orleans Saints who are sitting at five and two. This game is in the one o'clock window and New Orleans is favored minus six and a half. But really quickly, what you got on Taysom Hill? <laughs> After about a month on concussion protocol, he's finally back full participant in practice. So he's going to be a go. And I can't imagine Trevor Simeon is going to be their quarterback come Sunday. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, give me New Orleans on the spread and the money line, just because they look really awesome right now. This defense is awesome. And whoever's playing quarterback, Kamara's going to be involved. So, Jaden? Uh, yeah, I got New Orleans on both. New Orleans is home. They've been playing great football recently, and Atlanta can't stop the run. And no Calvin Ridley either. Mitchell? I think that New Orleans definitely going to win on the money line. But I think Atlanta might sneak in for that spread. As long as they get within a touchdown, they got it. And this team has been sneaky good lately. They're – competing in just about every game they've had. I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to sneak it into the spread. We had a hot Lana talk on last week's podcast, but I picked the Panthers to win and the Panthers did win and the Panthers suck. So, you know, hey, they next, got game we got... <laughs> next game we got on the slate is the Las Vegas Raiders who are sitting at five and two at the New York Giants who are sitting at two and six. Uh, Vegas is favored minus three. Uh, really quickly, Mitchell, what you got on Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Tony? Saquon, oh. please, to for my sanity, please just tell me something. He's got good. COVID. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, he's got COVID. Got <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't put that in here. He doesn't have COVID. Got... It was a false positive. I, I don't play either way. Injured, it seemed like they were gonna guy. rest him for this week, and then the bye week included before they go back out of the bye. But uh, then, yeah. that's a quick aside, but. Sterling Shepard hurt his hamstring again in the Monday night game. This has been nagging him all year. I do not expect him to play on Sunday because he hadn't practiced at all. And you go to Kenny Galladay. He's finally back on the field after a knee hyperextension. I think the sign that he's even practicing means he's going to be out there because it's been a month. And then Kadarius Tony hurt his thumb in the game on Monday night. He's been limited at practice. So I think he'll be a go. It's just, a thumb injury for a wide receiver you got to expect he might just be out there as a decoy when he goes out there don't expect a yeah. lot from fantasy but he'll be a go that was what tony looked like a lot on uh, monday night against the chiefs he went out he went back out there but he didn't catch another pass he was just a decoy and a very good decoy at that um like i said vegas minus three uh give me vegas on the spread in the money line Derek carr's got this team rolling Jaden. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the Raiders upset pick, but this isn't it. Give me the Raiders on both. Mitchell. Raiders all day. This, this shouldn't be a close game. Amen. Next game we got on the slate, the New England Patriots who are sitting at four and four at the Carolina Panthers who are also sitting at four and four. Stephon Gilmore's revenge game. Uh, this is one o'clock window. New England's favored minus three and a half. What you got on CMC, Mitchell? Well, he's finally back at practice. He's been very limited from what I've heard. I would not be surprised if they held him out of this game because he's get just barely getting back, and they don't want to rush him into an overworkload. But even if he, uh, 
excuse me, even if he does play, I would not expect a huge workload out of him. Even with that, he's probably still top five fantasy running back at 70% of snaps. Very true. Very true. Um, all right. Well, for this game, give me – I can't I can't rock with Sam Darnold right now. Give me New England. I love Mac Jones. He's got that offense clicking, and the defense looks great. Give me New England and spread in the money line. Jade? Yeah, I've got New England on both, but this New England team has been so hard for me to figure out because, like, they've looked good recently, and then obviously their Chargers, the Chargers win somewhat of a statement win. Sorry, Mitchell. Um, hmm. But they have beat the Texans barely and the Jets twice. Those are and the Chargers. Those are their only wins this season. Like, I don't know, but yeah, I'm taking New England in this one. Belichick, man. I think this has a lot to do with Belichick and Mac Jones being the best quarterback in the class. Mitchell. I'm going to take New England on both, especially if Darnold doesn't manage to clear concussion protocol, because I do not think Walker is going to be ready for a Bill Belichick-led defense. PJ. PJ. <laughs> yeah. You think Bill Belichick's going to put together a solid game plan against a former XFL quarterback? No way. No way. <laughs> well, he's the equivalent to six Super Bowls with one. <laughs> yeah very true next game we got on the slate buffalo bills sitting at five and two at the jacksonville jaguars you're sitting at one and six uh spread for this game buffalo minus 14 and a half what you got on james robinson mitchell he's dealing with a heel injury actually which is pretty significant depending on what it is it could just be some soft tissue issues which in that case it's a day-to-day thing but he has yet to practice this week and they have yet to do an MRI yet. But if it shows that it's a bone bruise, you're looking at multiple weeks probably, especially if it's a bone bruise to the lower part of the heel. And that can take about four to six weeks if it's a severe bone bruise because you're making contact with it on the ground every time you're running. And it you just have to wait for it to heal because it's excruciating pain otherwise. Yeah, and it looked like – it might have been like a season-ending injury when it happened, but he ends up being okay, and his status is like day-to-day right now. But, yeah, remain to be seen. Um, give me Buffalo and the spread in the money line. I bought into Jacksonville last week against Seattle, and they got their shit rocked. So give me Buffalo by a gazillion. Jaden, what you got? Uh, yeah, give me Buffalo on both. I would probably take Buffalo if the spread was minus 30. So. Me too. Mm-hmm. Mitchell? I'm going to take Buffalo. I'd be shocked if Jacksonville even scored a point. So Buffalo's going to kill on both. Yep, totally agree. Next game we got, which had an argument to be a headliner game, should be a good one. The Minnesota Vikings, who are sitting at three and four, at the Baltimore Ravens, who are sitting at five and two and coming off their bye. Uh, Baltimore is favored minus six. Um, Give me Minnesota on the spread, Baltimore on the money line. Jaden? Uh, I'm going to take Baltimore on both. This Ravens team is a different team at home. They just played really well, uh, and I think they need a bounce back after their last game that they played. They're going to come out angry after the bye week, especially. Mitchell? I'm going to take Baltimore on money line, but Minnesota on the spread, I think one of those receivers is bound to break out against this defense. Agreed. Next game we got. Mitchell's own Los Angeles Chargers, who are sitting at four and three at the Philadelphia Eagles, who are sitting at three and five spread for this game. Chargers minus one and a half. 
That is something serious, bro. Yeah, give me the Chargers on both. (laughs) Even though they've looked really sketch, I believe a lot in the Chargers. Jaden? Dude, I I couldn't believe my eyes. This was – Super Bowl contending team, apparently. I I know. This was a team that we were talking about, like – does this Philly's not that? bad. I'll give him that, but yeah, put some like, respect on us. <laughs> does this team have like legit Super Bowl aspirations just two to three weeks ago? And now they're getting favored by a point and a half against Philly. Yeah, give me the charges on both. If if you guys blow this, we need to have a conversation. Mitchell, what you got? Obviously, I'm taking charges on both. Pretty easy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next game we got is the Arizona Cardinals, who are sitting at 7-1 after their loss against the Packers last week, at the San Francisco 49ers, who are sitting at 3-4. and four. And this is also a very interesting spread. San Francisco minus 1.5, but I think the main reason that the spread is interesting is because of some injuries they have on the Arizona side. Mitchell, what you got on that? Well, Kyle Murray, this is the second time I'm going to mention this type of injury. It's going to be a deltoid ligament in your ankle. It is very hard to actually sprain this, and it's shocking that Michael Thomas managed to tear it, but Kyler has avoided that by the looks of it. This is a very hard injury to overcome. Usually they just suggest a lot of immobilization for it. It could take two to three weeks to truly recover off of it. He has yet to practice this week. If they put him in, he's not going to be the same Kyler Murray you're used to. So I would not expect them to play well. And then D-Hop, of course, dealing with the same hamstring injury. And he always likes to play through his injuries. So if Kyler's out, I got to imagine he might decide to stay out of this game. But if Kyler's a go, he's going to be a go regardless. And I would not expect a lot from him. He's going to be a decoy if he's got this bad of an injury because he heard it on the one actual play he made last week. Yeah, very interesting stuff there. So, um, if Kyler and D, uh, honestly, regardless of the injuries, I think Kyler's going to play um, just because it's Kyler and they're and they make a break point. They could lose twice in a row, which would be pretty bad after you were the only undefeated team in the league before that. Um, and I just don't believe in the San Francisco offense. Great. Congratulations. You beat the Bears last week. Awesome. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw a touchdown pass. He ran in for two. He looked great, so, though. Come on. Yeah. I mean, he threw like 300 plus. Second leading I, fantasy score. I'll give it like, buddy. I'm not a believer in Jimmy Garoppolo. And this Arizona defense is no joke. So give me Arizona regardless of these two play. Jaden? <sighs> I think I'm going to take San Francisco on both because, you know, Kyler might not play. And if Kyler doesn't play, then this is like a tough, what, eight, nine point spread. Yeah. San Francisco at home. Take it while you can get it. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to take San Francisco on this one. And like Jimmy G, you know, if he can just do enough to get the ball in Debo's hands, Elijah Mitchell has looked fantastic. Kittle's coming back. I, I think this is a good little upset pick. Well, not in like, yeah, like. not in a betting <laughs> yeah. stand and not, not from a betting standpoint, but like from a Cardinals seven and one 49ers record wise. Yeah. Upset. Yeah. Understood. Mitchell, what you got? 
I'm going to go with San Fran on both. I've, I'll deliberate a little more for my start sits because it, there's a reason why one of them is starting in this game. <laughs> there you go. All right, I'll take it. Last game we got on the slate is the Chicago Bears, who were sitting at three and five, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were four and three on Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh is favored minus six and a half. And, dude, give me Pittsburgh on the spread and the money line. I really think that Pittsburgh is just finding ways to win right now. That defense is really – like, I mentioned in the notes last – or on the last podcast, even though I wasn't on the podcast, like, can Najee's production alone carry this offense? And I think Najee can alone carry this offense. He catches the ball. He runs the ball. And if you just get a little – like, if you get one big play or two out of Deontay Johnson – Dude, I, I like this Pittsburgh team right now. Give me Pittsburgh. Spread money line. Jaden. This brings a smile to my face. And it's kind of <laughs> switched because now I start throwing the shots at Washington football team before they come at me. And you're like praising the Steelers, whereas I would only talk about Washington when you started talking about the Steelers. But anyway, uh, I'm a little less optimistic. Uh, I think I'm going I'm to take the Steelers on the money line for sure. I just have a weird feeling that Chicago is going to, this is going to be like a 23 to 20 game. Um, I do think though, that Justin Fields has another big rushing day because he has to run for his life. So he's either going to get sacked to hell or he's going to have like a hundred yards rushing. Cause he's going to be able to get out and we don't have anybody that can tackle. Uh, so yeah, like fantasy outlook, he's either going to be really bad or really good. Matt Nagy is back this week, though, so that obviously oh, yeah, that's means good point. bad yeah. things for the Bears. Actually, Matt Nagy is back. Give me the Steelers on both. There <laughs> we go. Mitchell. I'm going to take the Steelers on both as well. That offensive line in Chicago is horrible, and it's against one of the best front – probably the best front seven in the league. And he's going to be running for his life, like Jaden said. I just don't think he'll be able to get away. Plus, in the back of the mind, the Steelers got to be thinking – these next two games are their time to win because they are about to enter the gauntlet. Like we've mentioned time and time again, they play Chicago and Detroit. And then it's the chargers, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Vikings, the Titans who might not be good anymore. The Chiefs, yeah. the Browns and at Baltimore to finish it up. That is probably, no, that is definitely the roughest schedule for those last games. Yeah, for sure. Tough schedule ahead for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we like them in this game against Chicago. All right. Well, let's dive into the start sits we got this week, and we'll quickly run through those because we're starting to uh, – right now I'm looking at 2.16 in the morning. So we're going to try to finish these up really quickly. Uh, I'll start. Quarterback, my start of the week is Joe Burrow. He plays a Cleveland defense that has not been all it's chalked up to be. They have allowed the fourth most points to quarterbacks so far this year. And Joe Burrow has three touchdowns in each of his last three games. Jaden, who's your start? Uh, I got Taysom Hill. This is, you know, something that I'm sure has been a hot topic throughout fantasy this week. Uh, he's going to bring the rushing upside. And the last time he played against the Falcons, he scored 24 points. So. I like it. Mitchell. I was in a toss-up between Taysom and Tua, but so I'm going to pick Tua since someone else picked Taysom. I think that matchup's just something to drool over against Houston for Tua there. And Tua, in the face of this, Deshaun Watson talk has looked a lot better recently. 
Uh, sit of the week for me at quarterback is Jalen Hurts. He's facing up against the Chargers this week, who have allowed the second least points to quarterbacks, and they have allowed zero rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks, which is Jalen Hurts' bread and butter. And I think the Chargers in general bounce back in this game. I think their defense play awesome, offense awesome. I think they prove why they're one of the best teams in football. Jaden. <laughs> I don't like who you are as a person. <laughs> um, <sighs> keep it a keep it a stack. Didn't really have one coming into this. So Trevor Lawrence is my sit of the week. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're playing Buffalo and that, yeah, just, yep. What a pick. Go ahead, Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> well, if he's active, I'm going to say Kyler Murray is my sit of the week. I just don't think he's going to be the same quarterback we're used to seeing on that ankle. And if he's not active, I'm going to go with Justin Fields because that one's so blatantly obvious like Trevor Lawrence. Gotcha. I like it. Running back start of the week for me personally is Mr. Dearness Johnson. He's going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this week, who've allowed the fifth most points to running back so far. He had an impressive touchdown run against Pittsburgh, which was one of the only touchdowns in the game. And they will have to get two running backs involved to win games. Like Baker Mayfield just cannot do it. And they have won games based on their running and they're going to have to get two runners involved. Somebody's going to have to step up and take that Kareem Hunt role. And I think Dearness Johnson has proved that he can do it. Jaden, what you got? Is it time to put Case Keenum in in Cleveland? Is that what I Hey, man. Know? Hey, man. I, I was just throwing in a talking point last week. I heard you guys shitting all over it. Odell would love just... that. <laughs> he would. Jaden, what you got? Shitting all over it, Odell. Uh-huh. Um. I got Devontae Booker as my start of the week. He's looked great in Saquon's absence. Um, and I I don't trust this Las Vegas team. No matter how many stats you throw at me, I just don't. Fair. Mitchell. I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell. Take what you've seen out of the Arizona run defense this year and throw it out because they don't have J.J. Watt and A.J. Dillon. And Aaron Jones just ran all over them. And I think Shanahan's going to get him involved heavily this week. Fair. My sit at the week at running back is Khalil Herbert, who is facing up against Pittsburgh it, Steelers man. this week. Hey, and he's playing, he's playing, playing the Steelers. He's playing the Steelers. He's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have allowed the third least points two running backs so far this year. Uh, Khalil Herbert has been no factor in the receiving game. And believe it or not, he only has one rushing touchdown, despite everybody hyping him up so much. He does get a shit ton of volume, but, you know, running backs with no receiving tend to not do very well in fantasy. And I think, Jaden, you have a great point. I think the Bears will get Fields more running opportunities in this game because it proved to work well last game. So why not? Jaden, what you got? Dude, Khalil Herbert has had nine catches in three games. That is not no receiving work. That is an average running back receiving work. And about all of us. Damian Williams is the by far no questions asked receiving back. Um, It's James Robinson. Uh, A lot of the stuff that Mitchell said is scary. So even if he goes, uh, that heel is going to – you do use your heel to run. So he's going to have trouble running, which is his only job. So – yeah, James Robinson. 
kind of stinks. What an intelligent pick. Dude, I'm, Mitchell, I'm on fire got? with these. Yeah, guys. you're on fire. And I'm fading the Jags offense. <laughs> Mitchell, what you got, man? I'm actually going to say Joe Mixon. I'm thinking uh, he's probably going to be touchdown or bust because if anything's bad in Cleveland, it's the secondary. And I think that's where they're going to get scorched all day. I don't think it'll be the run game that's killing them because they do have a very solid defensive front on that team. Very true. Very true. I like that. See, Mitchell has come a long way from uh, once saying that you should start Patrick Mahomes, which today. I thought we were doing daily fantasy start of the weeks. That's why I put him in there. I was confused on that. (laughs) You have no defense. Anyway, wide receiver start of the week for me is Mr. Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, who's facing up against Tennessee this week, who've allowed the most points to wide receivers. Uh, despite a disappointing week last week, he did have nine targets and a touchdown. And I think this is going to be a shootout of a game. It's just going to have to be. Jaden, what you got? Uh, my start of the week is Jalen Waddle. He's been getting <laughs> a ridiculous amount of targets in Miami recently. He's got 33 over his last three games. That's nuts. That is nuts. nuts. Um, and he plays Houston, who I can any of you name a Houston corner? Because I can't. So, I can. Ruby. Happy Black. Bradley Roby. No, 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 no. Roby is somewhere else. Anyway, go ahead. I'm going to pick Justin Jefferson. Last time we saw him, he was getting scorched by a speedy LSU receiver. And guess who he's playing against this week? Well, Marlon Humphrey was getting scorched. Sorry about that. (laughs) Marlon Humphrey (laughs) was getting scorched by a speedy LSU receiver. And guess who he's playing this week? A speedy LSU receiver. He did well against Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but they aren't exactly speed demons by any means. And Mike Williams is a go deep or go home guy. I, I just think Jefferson's going to scorch them. I like it. Marlon Huffler definitely looked questionable last week, but I think there's an argument to maybe say that he's going to step it up in this game. My sit this week at wide receiver is Devonte Smith. He's playing the chargers who have allowed the second least points to wide receivers. And he, in a very high-scoring game against Detroit, in which they blew him out, he only had three targets and one catch. And he's had two catches or less in two of the last four games. So, sit Devontae Smith this week. Jaden, what you got? All right. This is this is a real one. This is not even like a like an injury cop-out or anything. A.J. Brown. Drawing the Jalen Ramsey <laughs> matchup this week. Very true. Uh and I think they're going to pretty much use him on him one-on-one all week or all game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to be running for his life all mm. night because he's got Aaron Donald and Von Miller running at him. And he has no Derrick Henry to use as a crutch. So AJ Brown's going to struggle as a result of that. Was that slightly spiteful there, Jaden? No. What? <laughs> no. It's not like AJ Brown's on my fantasy roster or anything. I've been shitting all over Jaden's and he starts <laughs> well, this whole time. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I like Mitchell, what you got up with us on the spot and photo the first person on your roster. <laughs> <laughs> who I've been defending the for, most. I totally didn't look for whoever was being guarded by Jalen Ramsey this week, and then it just happened to be A.J. Brown. There you go. Mitchell. I'm going to go with someone I mentioned in my uh, last one, Mike Williams. Philly's cornerbacks are great against receivers on the outside, and that is – solely where Mike Williams is. I don't think it's going to concern Keenan Allen because he likes playing the slot a lot. I think it's going to – well, I have a 
50-50 shot of being right on this anyway on any given week with Mike Williams. So I'm feeling confident about it this week. There you go. Tight ends, finally, the last position group that we have to cover. And my start of the week here is Tyler Conklin, who's playing against Baltimore, second most points allowed to tight ends. And he's been sneaky good. He has five or more targets in four of the last five games. And Baltimore, I know, like, the argument at the beginning of the season was that they played, like, two of the best tight ends in the league and got torched. Like, okay. But they have continued to get torched by tight ends. So, give me Tyler Conklin as a start. Jaden. Okay. Now, hear me out, right? So, I know that this guy's been struggling a little bit. So Travis Kelsey. It's not. It's Travis Kelsey. Um, you don't even have to give it. Listen, are you allowed? Come on, to you, come on. You, you, you I can't even like. Come on, you you're picking the best tight end. You can't even like say anything. Like, what do you last week? Come on, let me have this, please. Mister Milk Chicken. I need. I need confidence to start him myself. Um, he's been kind of stinky recently, but. He gets the Packers this week. And if y'all remember, we were all worried about George Kittle and George Kittle revived himself against the Packers later to get hurt. But that's not the point. Start Travis Kelsey, everybody. Okay. All right. Mitchell, what you got? (laughs) I have a serious question here. Are we allowed to just keep saying Mike Gusecki every week until he's like a solidified top four tight end? Because that was my game plan coming into this. That is definitely uh, – I think I fully support that, Mitchell. Mike Gusecki. I'm riding or dying with Mike Gusecki on start of the week every week, apparently. Amen. I mean, the guy, like, he's not even really a tight end. He's a he's big a wide receiver. receiver. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And it, I'm taking a wide – if I have a tight end on my roster that's actually a wide receiver, that is awesome. I'll take it. My sit of the week at tight end is Tyler Higby, who plays Tennessee this week. They've allowed the seventh least fantasy points to tight ends. Um, Tyler Higby has had less than 50 yards in the last three games. He has not scored a touchdown since week five. And I think they're going to go to the receivers in this one. Stafford's going to go to the receivers in this one because they'll be open. Uh, Jaden, what you got? Uh, Well, it was Tyler Higby, so now I'm going to go look to see who you're starting this week, and it is Dalton Schultz. So Dalton Schultz is my set of the week. What kind of explanation you got? Uh, He's on your roster. He's on your roster, uh, and you, you know, generally have not been very good in fantasy this year. Um, Plus, he gets that. Denver has good linebackers. Yeah, and Denver does have good linebackers, and they're four and four. They've won four games. Of course, they've lost four games as well. Um, You're a joke. <laughs> You're a joke. You're a fraud. Mitchell, go with your sit, man. I'm tired of hearing this kid talk. <laughs> I'm going to say Zach Ertz, partially because of Kyler injury concerns, but also because San Francisco, like apparently the Denver Broncos, have a pretty good linebacker court, and they, I think they'll do pretty well against Zach Ertz. He gets it. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, wrapping it up at the nice old uh, 2.30 in the morning time, (laughs) which is nice. But that does it for all of our content this week. And I just want to say, let's all give a round of applause to Jaden Kozak for he has taken predominant uh, 
control over the Instagram for a while now, but he's really started to uh, step into the TikTok more. And we got 11,000 views and almost 2,000. What ended, ended up being the like count? views. And then like, it was like 1,400 likes, e- something like that. Yeah, that's that's my social media manager, man. That's that's my quarterback. Oh, that's our social Stop media it, manager. guys. You guys, are, yeah. you guys are making me blush. But give him some love, man. Go follow the Instagram. Go follow the TikTok at BlitzPod. And we still got that jersey with a giveaway going on. And if you don't know how to uh, submit into that already, um, well, figure it out. <laughs> but for real, it's uh, it's on the Instagram. It's on your – it's on the Instagram post says Jersey giveaway. Just like the post. And as soon as we get to hundred followers, we are going to give away a free Jersey out of the eligible um, people that can get the Jersey. So yeah, with that, that does it for this week. Good luck with everybody's fantasy matchups. Good luck with your personal teams and we will catch you next week. Peace.